Welcome back, everyone. It's been a little while since you've heard from us, but that's just because good things have been brewing. I'm here back again with Tom, as always, but we have an extra special guest with us today to help make our conversation more robust and hopefully make some good personal connections with everyone that's listening. So I am going to stop talking and I'm just going to turn it right over to Tom. Thanks, Mike. It's really a pleasure to be with you and be with our listeners and with my friend, Michelle Johnson. Uh, I've had the privilege of knowing Michelle the past couple of years in our master's degree program with Newman University emphasizing social emotional learning. And I love all of our interactions in class, Michelle. And I also love that your passion is growing throughout the school district uh, as of our meeting last night. And I, I, I am really, really impressed. The most, the most thing, what impresses me most is your ability to put what you're doing every single day with your elementary school classroom into writing. So your projects have been the most outstanding I've ever received. And, and in your projects, you share with us the, the nuts and bolts, the details of building a classroom community through social-emotional learning. So tell us a little bit about how that's happening in West Vincent Elementary as a whole, and then start to move into what you build in your classroom in West Vincent from the time school begins till the time you start to see some wonderful things happening. Okay. Um, well, I'm lucky to work in a building where we have a really supportive principal, um, and he's very much embraced SEL, and there are a lot of teachers there um, who are also in the program. Um, so our classroom community, I think of it as our classroom now because it's Good. not mine anymore. Good. Um, but last summer when I took the building a classroom community class, I was blown away. You kept saying you have to make the uh, implicit explicit. Yep. And I thought, okay, <laughs> I'm just going to do that. Uh, so for my project, I created this year-long plan that was really heavy on team building for the first three weeks. Um, first three weeks. Mm -hmm. That's important for our, our readers to understand. Mm. So the research, forgive me for interrupting, no, go but the research yeah. tells us that it recommends you want to front load your school district and your classrooms with social emotional learning and community building the first week and then keep integrating it throughout. However, I think you are identifying something that's even more important. Not only is the first week, but almost the first month, so the first three weeks continue. In my opinion, um, I think absolutely the first month, if you can, um, especially since we have that Labor Day break that mm -hmm. weekend. Um, but we spent a lot of time doing team building activities, like you taught me, all different groups, little groups, big groups, whole groups, and really varying it up so everybody got to really know each other um, and how they could sometimes be a leader and sometimes be a follower. Um, and then after every activity, we'd do a breakdown. Mm -hmm. Um, how did you feel when you were doing this? What was it like to trust someone else? Um, how did it feel to be part of a team? And how mm -hmm. can we relate that to what we do in school or what you do at home with your family? That piece is really essential. Mm -hmm. So you're taking your classroom, uh, as you said, our classroom, mm -hmm. and it's not just about the game. No. Gee, that was fun. Let's move on. Mm -hmm. So we, when you talk about breakdown, uh, other languages that we use, we debrief the activity, we process the activity. Mm -hmm. And what I understand is you're connecting it to content 
and you're connecting to their larger lives. Absolutely. That way it's meaningful to them that way. I've hooked them with the fun part. Yes. Um, and then since they had so much fun and they're making friends, they want to talk about it. Mm -hmm. It feels good. So they want to talk about the feelings. They were really vulnerable this year. I was so impressed by that um, to share um, their ideas. I also challenged them. In our class last summer, you taught us about um, Cog's Ladder. Right. So part of my plan for the year was to teach them about that and then give them a little bit of responsibility. Mm -hmm. um, so one of the things we did, one of the first days of school was I taught them about Cog's Ladder. Mm -hmm. And we talked about, well, where do you, where do you think we are? And obviously, we're in the polite stage. Um, but periodically throughout the year, maybe twice a month, we'd stop and I'd put it up on the board. Are we moving? Why are we moving? Are we not moving? Mm -hmm. And why not? What can you do as an individual to help foster growth in our class? Beautiful. Um, so twice a month, mm -hmm. you're stopping and pausing. You're taking a communal deep breath. Yeah. And you're assessing. Mm -hmm. So many folks in education are real clear about, well, we need to assess with math and science and language arts. You're assessing socially and emotionally. You're asking each mm -hmm. child to reflect and assess individually, and then you're assessing as an entire community. Absolutely. And it, it was really neat. To, they wanted to move up that ladder. They wanted to get to that spirit stage. Um, something I did with that was we had SEL journals this year. So not for every activity, but mm -hmm. for a lot of them. When we were done, I would say, okay, pull out your journal. And I'd give them maybe one scripted question. Mm -hmm. What was the hardest thing about this for you? Or how did you change throughout this activity? Mm -hmm. And then it was just a two minute like free write. Mm -hmm. You know, how is this meaningful to you? Mm -hmm. um, and they did a lot of that Cog's Ladder reflecting in there. Beautiful. Which was really neat. Beautiful. To see. Um, we also started almost every day by referring to the fish philosophy. Mm -hmm. That really... Remind us of that. So the fish philosophy came out of the Pike Place Fish Market. Mm -hmm. And um, there's four parts to it. So the first one is be here, be present in everything that you do. And we talk a lot in the beginning about what that means. Um, we talk about play. There's a difference between being silly and having fun. Mm. So our goal is always to have fun while we're learning because we can have fun and learn. If we're silly, chances are we're not on task. Yeah. So we talk about the difference. So it's be here, play, um, make their day. And we talk about how um, important it is to bring light and happiness to the people around you. Beautiful. Um, even when it's challenging. Yes. <laughs> uh, the, the other part is um, choose your attitude. So that ties in with that bringing mm -hmm. happiness. So maybe you had a rough morning, but when you come to school, we start our day with a fresh slate if we can, and you choose your attitude. Mm -hmm. And we tie it all together with our class contract, which is do the right thing. Above all else, do the right thing. Wonderful. So So it's, it's if you will, it's that simple and that explicit, your contract. Above all else, do the right thing, yes. I love it. I love it. It wasn't my idea. It's okay. I stole it. <laughs> there was a great woman in that in the classroom community class, Emily. I don't know her last name. She's fantastic. And she talked about how every year she'd ask her kids, what rules do we need? You know, And they generate a list. Right. You know, Don't do this. Don't do that. And then she said, at the end, I tell them, okay, I have one that'll cover all of that. And she puts it up like, do the right thing. Yeah. And the kids are always, you know, she said, the kids are always, oh, yeah. that's perfect. So I did the same thing this year with my kids and it worked. Yeah. They, they were like, that is so much simpler. I mean, but then, you know, you have to talk about really what do the right thing means. But yes. Yeah. yeah. Back to explicit. 
Exactly. What is the right thing? Mm-hmm. And what, modeling and yep. examples. So excellent. Yeah, but that was kind of the driving force for our Cog's Ladder and the Fish Philosophy. So you found in that first month, mm-hmm. you were starting to build a pretty strong community. Yes, I mean they would come in every day begging for it. Honestly, mm. are we doing SEL today? Or what's wow. that, what are we going to do today? They and loved remind it. me what grade level? Fourth grade. Fourth grade. Mm-hmm. Fourth grade. And Michael, you're special ed at an elementary school as well. Yeah, yeah. I um, I worked most recently with fourth and fifth grade this year. Okay. Sometimes third grade's thrown into the mix. Mm. All supplemental pullout. And I, I smile when you say that because even my fifth graders who are sometimes too cool for school, oh, yeah. they get so engaged in it that they might not like the wording I use or, you know, however you choose to frame it. But like, they're like, yeah, I want to do that stuff. (laughs) And sometimes they don't even know why, but they just know it feels good. Exactly. Uh Even if you can't define those things yet, it just, Mm -hmm. you just know that it's right. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing the buy-in that you can get from something like that. Mm -hmm. So it's, that's, that's amazing. It feels good to be connected and, we talked early in the year about oxytocin. Yeah. And um, they loved that idea. You know, um, it feels good to make each other happy. It feels good to see somebody be happy. It feels good to hear people be kind. Um, and I don't know if it's the age level, but they just, I mean, they just loved it. You're bringing really advanced concepts to your fourth graders. And I, I'm thrilled. Mm-hmm. That my expertise is not in elementary. My expertise is in secondary and adulthood. So uh, you're 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 planting some really essential seeds. Thanks. In, in the children's <laughs> lives. So the the fall is unfolding. Mm-hmm. So we started moving into more. I'm going to say specific traits. So I try to pick one every week or two. Uh, we're going to focus on grit. We're going to mm-hmm. focus on. Um, empathy or vulnerability or authenticity Um, and either I'd have um, a game or some activity and then we debrief and talk about it and then I tie it into maybe a read aloud or um, communication we did a lot with communication Mm -hmm. and conflict resolution and then okay you're working as a group in science today what do we learn about working as a team Mm -hmm. Um, so we spent a lot of time with different traits like that so you're building the character traits. You're making mm-hmm. them explicit within this SCL um, umbrella, if you will. Mm-hmm. And one of the things you just mentioned was conflict resolution. Mm-hmm. And one, in one of your projects that you shared with me, you talked very explicitly about a major challenge mm-hmm. within the growth and development of your classroom community this year. Mm-hmm. And I was so impressed, it moved me to ask you to do this podcast with us. Can you tell us about that conflict resolution and that whole process? How much time do you have? <laughs> well, we have plenty of time. <laughs> um, absolutely. So we had, it was really timely because we'd been focused on resiliency. Okay. And grit together. Um, and our, we were in the middle of a historical fiction unit um, that was set around Number of the Stars, which is set during World War II. And... It's a really great novel. Kids love it every year. But this year we took it much deeper than I'd ever gone before um, just because of the classes at Newman. And, right. Um, so we had a lot of different real-life components, I thought, that took the 
literature and the curriculum to another level. So, for example, our guidance counselor, um, Sarah, Sarah Weber, she's, she's amazing. Yeah. Um, the kids were asking me a lot of questions about concentration camps. Mm. And I wanted another resource in the room when we were having this discussion. Yeah. Um, so she came in and we had, a, we, you know, sat in a circle and had a class meeting. Um, and they were asking her questions. It was great. Um, the science director came in, her family, um, they were German, but I think they were living in Hungary. Anyway, her family was, uh, experience was we are Germans, not a part of the Nazi party, but we're also persecuted as a result. Yeah. And so she had her family story and some pictures and things like that. Um, mm. we wanted to give the kids a real life opportunity to help other people the mm -hmm. way the characters in the book did. Mm. So there's a family in our building who, I think their church goes to Haiti once or twice a year to help kids there. So we did kind of like a little drive. Um, so kids brought in, you know, notebooks and pencils yeah. and crayons, all things those kids don't yeah. have. Yeah. Um, it helped them understand what it means to help another person. Mm -hmm. Even as a child, there mm -hmm. are still little things you can do. Oh, sure. Um, Sarah uh, came in again and talked about what it's like to grow up as a uh, Jewish woman. Um, and she had a connection through, I think, her mother's temple, a woman whose aunt had survived uh, Kristallnacht and yes. written a diary about it. Um, and she sent the diary, a copy, to Sarah. And Sarah came in and read it. Wow. Um, and we just called it Anna's. I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. Uh, Anna's diary. And I think she read for an hour and a half. It was long. But those kids... They focused for an hour and a half. They were... She said a couple times, maybe I should stop and take a break and come back. And, no, no, what happened to Anna? Like, they were so wow. invested. Um, this, this is a perfect example. Mm -hmm. Forgive me for interrupting. Mm -hmm. Beautiful example of making the curriculum relevant to a child's life. Mm -hmm. You made it personal. Mm -hmm. and, they, and, they, and they were with you 100%. Please continue. They absolutely were. Um, it let them think about... Not only all, you know, it's a first-person account, yeah. which is different than a novel, obviously. So it's showing them a different kind of literature set in the same um, time. But they really bonded with her. They were rooting for her mm. in a way that was different than the way they were rooting for the character mm -hmm. in Number of the Stars. And Sarah had made like a family tree to show what happened to each of the family members from the wow. diary. And um, it was very, mm. it was very meaningful. And my kids... So I had them write letters to the woman who'd shared it um, because we've been talking so much about resiliency, you yeah. know, and they saw so many examples in the diary of how Anna had been resilient. And so they wrote her these letters and she wrote us back, but it was just so cool. You oh, know, yeah. um, it was incredible. You don't get a chance like that often. Mm -hmm. um, so that was happening in the winter. Um, and we had a little bit of trouble Mm -hmm. uh, in February. So this year I had this group of girls who called themselves the unicorn squad and they were just this happy little group of fourth grade girls. And in the beginning of the year, you're getting to know everyone and you know, they all like different things. They all mm -hmm. have different hobbies. And I'm th I thought, okay, unicorns, cool. I could get behind that. That yeah. sounds like fun, you know? And they started bringing in little things for their desk. Um, they made little unicorn squad, um, like licenses, you know, um, they wrote like a creed, you uh -huh. know, and it was so cute. Cause the, the last thing in the creed was 
above all else, do the right thing, you know. Yeah. But it, the creed is all about um, be kind to others and wow. always do your best and yeah. have grit. You know, all these great. And I thought, so they're oh, putting all happening. the character traits and SEL into practice. It was so cool. It was so cool. But before I know it, they've got um, their desks like are covered. You know, the well where you put your pencil. Usually, yes. there's a name tag there. It's covered in. You know, there's a license and a creed, and they'd made, you know, those melty beads. You like put them on a frame and you iron them, and they melt, stick together. Anyway, so they had all these unicorn things all over the place, and I'm slowly watching this accumulate. And in years past, I probably would have said like, "Let's get rid of the junk so we can yeah. focus," <laughs> but I didn't. I was proud of myself. This year, I said, "You can keep it as long as it's not a distraction." Okay. So if you keep work, you know, as long as it's not a problem, you can have it. Mm-hmm. And they rose to the occasion. Wow. Um, they had a mascot, Fluffy, <clears throat> and they built him a house out of a shoebox. And they were bringing him into school and um, taking turns taking him home. And he would go home with a different girl every day. And I didn't even know until mid-October because they were doing it before school or mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Like, they're so mature about it. Yeah. And they're building additions onto this thing. Anyway. So they were, they were a really um, sweet group. And um, my other teammates and I were kind of enamored with this idea of a squad, right? Mm-hmm. You look out for each other. You always are welcomed, welcoming to anyone else, but you've got your group, you know. So for Halloween, we were unicorns. Year, <laughs> the other fourth grade That's teachers wonderful. and I. It was a riot. And um, it, was just, it was just really neat. Yeah. We had lots of clubs. We had a Harry Potter club and other clubs. But anyway, the unicorn squad... Um, had some trouble. So it was, I think, February, and because I was taking the character education class. Mm-hmm. Um, I do this thing in my classroom in the morning where kids come in, they need to write me a note. Mm-hmm. I call it tickles and troubles. So you write something that's happy or something that's sad or anything else you want. It doesn't matter. It could be I had Cheerios for breakfast, you know, just a chance to sure. brain dump, you know, start fresh. Uh, so I got this ano- this note. It was anonymous. That's They're allowed to do anonymous notes for me. Um, but I knew who it was because they handwriting. Um, probably shouldn't have said that. I don't want kids to know I can read their handwriting. But, um, and it said, help, help. You have to do something. You know, kids are teasing the unicorn squad at lunch. Mm. Like someone has to do something. I can't take it anymore. And so this was this note. And um, I, I don't usually read them until the kids like go to lunch. So I'm reading this note. And I was shocked. Because I thought we had this great community, you know? Yeah. And uh, I'd been telling everyone all year, like, this is the best year I've ever had. These kids are, you know, they're so happy. They were such a team. Um, I was crushed. And Mm. um, I kind of went into that, I've messed up or I've missed something or into that, like, shame feeling, you know? Yeah. I thought I was doing a good enough job but I missed something big. Um, so I asked the girls, the Unicorn Squad girls, um, to chat in the hall. And I said, you know, um, I got this note. Someone in class is worried about you. Is everything okay? Um, and so everything is not okay. Yeah. Yeah. They said, you know, we've been, there's been all this teasing at lunch. They said there's a unicorn virus. And they, you know, um, we even tried disbanding and, you know, quitting the unicorn squad. Mm. Um, but that didn't help. And when they said that, I just, 
Oh, my heart broke. Sure. Because that was their, you know, in order to try and fit in and stay connected with the group, they were try- they were willing to try giving up that yeah. part of themselves. Yeah. Um, they wanted to belong. They wanted to fit in. Absolutely. Yeah. And I didn't know what to say. <laughs> I was mad. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Like, and hurt and uh, you know so I just yeah. said I don't, I love you and thank you for telling me and we'll figure it out together Good. but I need some time to think about it is Excellent. that okay with you yeah. um and luckily for me thank god it was the end of the day and they said okay so um I was really glad I'd read Brené Brown's work on empathy because at least <laughs> I got that part right right thank Good. you for telling me yep. mm-hmm. uh so that night I reached out to Sarah and she knew, I mean, she knew my class quite well at that point because she'd been in so many times. And, you know, I was saying, I failed them. Like, I failed them, Sarah. How could this be happening? And it was, I think it was about eight of the kids were teasing them. That's like 30% of my class. It's a lot, yeah. And um, that was the other thing that got me. It was, it was a lot. It wasn't just mm-hmm. one or two. Not that it matters when you're feeling like sure. being hurt. But, um, and she said, they, they get it and they do it when they can. This stuff is hard," she said. "It's okay. Mm-hmm. It'll be okay." She's so calm. I love she her. She is. She's like, "It'll really be okay." Do you want to do a class meeting? And I was, I was like, "I guess so." Like, I don't know what you know. She's like, "Do you want me to lead it?" And I said, "Yes," because <laughs> I'm a little mad, you know. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to show that, you know, to you know, I don't want them to know that I'm upset about it. Um, so she said, "Okay, no problem." Um, so the next morning, before school, my schedule is so funny. They come in unpacking, go right to specials. Hmm. So when everyone else went to ma- uh, music, sorry, the Unicorn Squad and I had a little talk in the hall. And I said, here's what I'm thinking. I want to give you a chance to express how you feel. Um, I want to give you a chance to stand up for yourself. And, and people need to know when they've hurt your feelings right. so they can yeah. have the chance to react better in the mm-hmm. future, make amends. And, mm-hmm. um, and three of the unicorns were like, yeah, we can do this. We're... You were a team, and we want to be friends with them anyway, you know. And one was terrified. She mm. did not, not want to do it. Mm. Um, she said, I don't want them to see me cry. I don't want them to know they hurt my feelings. Um, she was really reluctant. Mm-hmm. And um, I said, I understand. And the first time you stand up for yourself is always the hardest. Mm. I'll be there. Mrs. Weber will be there. Truth. I said, and you've, I know. Right. Yes, yep. I wish I started standing up for myself when I was a fourth grade girl. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and I said, and you have an anonymous friend who cared enough. Yeah. To ask for help on your behalf, yep. I said. So people care, and it'll be there. And the other three were, you know, it'll be okay, and rubbing her back. We'll all be there together. So she said, okay. So uh, after music, the kids had their snack break, and Sarah came down, and we had everybody come sit and. Uh, Kind of just looked at Sarah <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'm ready. Uh, and uh, she said, you know, there's been something going on in our class that we need, we'd like to talk about. Um, and there's some hurt feelings. And we don't really need to go into specifics because really the specifics don't matter. Uh, what matters is, you know, we all make mistakes and we all try to learn from them. And when you can, she's like, the best thing is to try and make amends and then mm-hmm. move forward. I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. Um, and the, the one little unicorn started to cry right. and just, just covering oh. her face and trying to shrink, you know. And I just, 
smiled and thought, please God, let this work because if it doesn't, I don't know what I'm going to, Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do. And so I'm looking around the circle at, you know, everyone, Sarah's looking around the circle. Um, and this one little boy, um, he, he cleared his throat and, and he looked at her, well, the group of them. And he said, I need to say something. It was me. And I didn't know how much I hurt your feelings, but I can see it on your face now. And I'm really sorry. Mm. And he started, he started to cry. Yeah. And, um, I was floored. Um, and I just kind of waited to see, you know, Sarah said, well, that's really brave. Thanks for saying that. And then we were waiting and it happened again. And another person said, I'm really glad you said that first because I wanted to say something. Mm. And now I can, you know, and they, and it just kind of kept happening until everybody who'd been involved apologized. Um, and it was special. Yeah. I mean, I don't know adults who can stand up in front of their peers. I mean, I would like to think I'd be able to, but mm -hmm. that's hard. Very hard. To show that kind of vulnerability and really be sorry for mm -hmm. something. Um, and they, uh, you know, they had, they said, you know, like, please forgive me or, you know. And uh, so when everyone had finished speaking, the one, the head unicorn, I'll call her, she had a big personality. She said, you know, we all, we all really want to be friends and I forgive you. And... I think also that we just moved up a rung on Cog's ladder mm -hmm. as a group. Oh, and I was what a brilliant young lady! Man, I was like doing the fandango on the inside. I was so happy. I couldn't believe how well it went. Yeah. Um. And I think it really only happened because I'd spent so much time yeah. building that community, um, and then reinforcing all those character traits and the trust between the kids. Yeah, I don't think it would be possible otherwise. Mm -mm. You built the trust with your community. Mm -hmm. They invested uh, the relevance, the relationship building throughout the process. So that come February, when the challenge presents itself, you utilize your other resources, mm -hmm. Sarah, your counselor. Mm -hmm. You clearly let, let these young ladies know you cared about them. You said, I love you, mm -hmm. and here's where we're going to move with this. And then with you and Sarah facilitating this community meeting, I truly believe because of all you've done, honesty came to the forefront. Mm -hmm. It was interesting. I did... Um, you mentioned something that made me think about some work I did for that project where this story came from, but I had been reading Brene Brown's book on shame and using my resources was what triggered this. So she talks about how shame is the fear of being disconnected mm -hmm. from each other and how we need to build shame resiliency by um, talking about what's happened or, mm -hmm. you know, make, normalizing it, putting in context, mm -hmm. like, look at the big picture and then when you're ready, talk about it so that you can create change. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was thankful I was reading this book for class because, uh, I was reading it at this time mm -hmm. and it gave me a very different 
lens on what had happened, you know. Um, I think my paper was due like two weeks after this happened. In the, t- in the moment, I thought, oh my gosh, this is amazing. They're, they're yeah. showing empathy. They're showing active listening. They're being vulnerable. They're being authentic. They're making change, you know. And then when I was reading Brene Brown's work, I thought there were so many opportunities for shame resiliency to be built mm-hmm. there. The little unicorn who was so afraid, she was terrified of being even more disconnected from her friends, you know? She mm-hmm. didn't want them to see her cry. She didn't yeah. want to participate, but she did it anyway. Yeah. And the next day, she wrote me a note and said, you know, thank you, and it's going to be easier next time. You're right. It felt good to say, this hurt my feelings, you know? These are really, really powerful lessons that your young ladies and young men are learning. Mm-hmm. Mike, as a teacher at the elementary level, listening to Michelle's story, listening to the story of her community and them meeting challenge and rising above the challenge. What kind of thoughts and feelings are you having? Um, a little jealous, to be <laughs> honest. Um, I think there's a, a lot of what you had spoken about is something that can be recreated by any educator who's willing to make that kind of effort. But there's this magic piece to it that I don't think we quite understand yet. Because anytime you're talking about someone that young Mm. being able to be vulnerable with others, especially their peers, I don't care how you front load information. Mm -hmm. I don't care what you put into place in your classroom, what systems you have set up, what language you're building. Vulnerability, like... All those things can get you to like the edge of the diving board, but vulnerability is a leap of faith. Mm -hmm. And there's a piece there that I don't think we can quite measure that let that, um, that first little boy kind of raise his hand and say, Mm -hmm. yeah, it was me. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's the part as you're speaking that keeps sticking with me. It's just like, how do we, how do we get the, the young people in our classrooms to be willing to take that leap of faith? How do we build that for them? How do we provide that environment and build that culture so that kids are willing to do that? Mm -hmm. Because that's really an act Mm -hmm. of bravery on that child's part. And so much snowballed after that. Like he just, Mm -hmm. he gave everyone else in that classroom permission to do the right thing. Well, and he also... I was thinking about it. He also showed that shame resiliency that Brene was talking about. You know, he was disconnected and he didn't want to be disconnected any more than he had been. Um, and I think that's also what prompted him to speak up. Mm-hmm. And um, it was really neat to see that moment of leadership for him. I think part of letting them be vulnerable is showing them my own uh, vulnerable yeah. moments. So, um, I try to think of it as a cycle, right? Like I can't ask them to just give it to me if I haven't given it to them first. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, you share embarrassing moments or mistakes you've made and with them in an authentic way. I mean, mm-hmm. sometimes I ham it up a little bit, but, um, and then they see I'm a real person. Yes. I'm not just some woman saying be vulnerable or, you know, right. um, I talk about, real things with them. And I think it helps them feel like they can do the same. Um, after this meeting, it was right. It was like the week before 
Valentine's Day. And the more I thought about how brave they all were to do that, um, to just sit there and be present in that uncomfortable mm-hmm. moment, even when you're, you, everybody knew something was wrong, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it was really, physically, it didn't feel good to sit there waiting, but um, I thought I got to reward this. Um, and they, they know I, I get nervous in front of other people sometimes. So I'd found this book that I was going to give to my sons. Um, it was a picture book for All You Need Is Love, the Beatles song. Mm-hmm. And I was going to give it to my boys for Valentine's Day, but I thought, I'm going to bring this in, and I'm going to make it a lesson. And I'm going to say, you know what? You were vulnerable and brave. I'm going to attempt to be vulnerable and brave as well. And so whether it was, I thought of it as like I'm going to try and reward vulnerability with vulnerability. Maybe they felt tortured. But um, <laughs> So I sang them the song, and wow. it was... It was hard to do. Um, And when I was telling I was like, this is what I'm going to do because you were all brave. I'm going to try and be brave and do something I don't normally do, you know. And they're all calling out, we can help you. We, some of us know the words, you know, we can help you. You'll do great, you know. And I said, how about at the very end, you know. So we get to the end and they all chimed in. Um, I don't know. I just try to model it and try not to be too terrified (laughs) looking like a fool, but... When Mike talked about this magic mm-hmm. that gets created, this magic moment, I think we're hearing from Michelle the ingredients mm-hmm. in that magic. It's front-loading, not for a week, but for a month. It's making sure, as Michelle's given us examples, the curriculum must be relevant to their lives. Bringing in resources, mm-hmm. first-person writing resources, Sarah and her family and their experiences making that book, that piece of curriculum, very relevant to their lives. Modeling your vulnerability, not once, but it's, it's commonplace mm-hmm. is what I'm hearing. Mm-hmm. So not that any of us are perfect, but to the best of your ability, you're living and breathing social-emotional learning while you are teaching it explicitly. Mm-hmm. So seeing those things, I think, goes in, into these magic moments. And, um, and, and it's something I've, I've never quite had the right words ever since I first read, read this project, your ability to look at your fourth grade students as incredibly bright and gifted and intelligent. You look at your fourth grade students, the way I look at my master's degree students, Hmm. that everything is possible and you believe in them completely. And I just think that's exquisite. And that's part of the magic. You know, imagine, like, you believe in Mackenzie, your little baby girl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Every child deserves that. Well, everybody's somebody's Mackenzie. Yes. Or everybody's somebody's Noah and Liam or... Yeah. Um, yeah. If I'm not doing it for them and if I'm not looking at myself and thinking about, you know, how am I going to show them grit today or show them mm-hmm. perseverance? How am I going to be vulnerable how am I going to demonstrate integrity? If I'm not doing that work on myself, I can't... I mean, it's not really fair to ask them to do it either. I agree completely. And um, that's one of the things I've loved about this program, really. It's, it's what I love about doing everything we do in the program. Mm-hmm. And then the incredible joy for me is seeing folks like yourself who are doing it every day. Uh, because every child deserves a family and educators who can do this with them. And uh, then we grow a new community. We do. 
beyond our classroom, beyond our school, into what all of us need right now. Absolutely. Michelle, thank you so much for bringing us such wonderful, wonderful good news. Thanks for having me. It's, it's our pleasure. Michael, thank you for coordinating it again. It's always a pleasure to be in your company. Of course. I'm glad I was able to be a part of this. Uh, a story, I think, is one of the most powerful things you can share with others. Um, so I'm really excited about the opportunity to see someone who has committed to this, taken and done it, and like seen what comes back from that. So that's, that, that's a really special experience for me. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It's the best year I've ever had. I kind of can't wait for Paul. <laughs> Get see started if we can again. do it again, you know? Yes, yeah. you can. You can oh, do it it's again. Only, it's yeah. only July. I know. <laughs> and you're ready. I love it. Love it, love it, love it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited to hear what happens to you come this fall and what new experiences spring up. And to everyone out there, if you have any questions uh, about what you heard today or you'd like to share any of your stories, please let us know. And we will uh, be bringing more of these to you very, very soon. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Tom. Thanks, Michelle. Thank you.